consider how this Christian church even got started in Antioch, which in those days was in the territory of Syria. I think it's the territory shifted in modern day. Maybe it's modern day Turkey now, but this, this is Antioch in Syria in biblical times. 11 verse 19. Now those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen... So that's the persecution that took place there in Jerusalem. Those who had been scattered by the persecution in connection with Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, telling the message only to Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks also, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. This is how churches begin. This is how the gospel gets, ad- gets advanced. People start talking to other people, telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. Verse 21, the Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. News of this reached the ears of the church in Jerusalem. And they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith. And a great number of people were brought to the Lord. When Barnabas went to Tar- then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them named Agapus stood up. And through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, each according to his ability, decided to provide help for the brothers living in Judea. This they did, sending their gifts to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. So just turn over now to chapter 13. In the church at Antioch, There were prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them, and sent them off. The two of them, sent on their way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Seleucia and sailed from there to Cyprus. And if you want to hear what happened next, you can take your Bibles and read it tonight. I want to keep reading, but let's just pause for now. There's two things I want to consider this evening um, before we chat with David. Firstly, the sending church. And then the sending spirit. The first point is longer than the second. The sending church and the sending spirit. Let's think about this church in Antioch, this sending church. 
First of all, it was a multicultural church. Now that, you get that as you hear about how it even began. And you see it in the list of names there in chapter 13, verse 1. Barnabas. Earlier in Acts, we're told that he was from the Jewish tribe of Levi, but brought up in Cyprus, which may have impacted that that was where they went to. I don't know. Then Simeon, another Hebrew name, but he has his other name, Niger, which means black. So he was probably a black African. And uh, some people wonder, could he have been even Simon of Cyrene, who was made to carry the cross of Jesus? We don't know. Lucius of Cyrene was definitely from North Africa and, and was maybe one of the founding men of this church. And then Manaean, apparently a foster brother or an intimate friend of Herod Antipas, the son of Herod the Great. And then the fifth leader, Saul from Tarsus. A multicultural church from different societal backgrounds, but all united in the Lord Jesus Christ in one church. It was a multicultural church, and it was a team ministry church, not just one pastor who did all the, the ministry. There was a number of teachers and prophets there in Antioch ministering to the church. Luke doesn't tell us uh, in the list who were the prophets and who were the teachers, except back there in chapter 11, it says that Barnabas and Saul taught the church to begin with at Antioch. And there seems to be some sort of complementary ministry in those early days uh, with those who taught the scriptures and those who prophesied. And it seems from verse 1 and 2 that it's through this prophetic ministry that the early church was led into specific missionary activity. Look at verse 2. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I've called them. Now here's another mark of this, of this early church. It's multicultural team ministry, but it's, it's spiritual vitality. It, it, it is... While the church is worshipping and fasting that they receive direction from God. This is a healthy, vital church. A church that knew the importance of prayer. I tell you what, giving up a meal is a big deal. And they were fasting so they could give themselves to prayer. Here, here is zeal and passion and expectancy that I think sometimes is a challenge to, to me anyway. They were serious. And it was as they worshipped together that the Holy Spirit directed them to the next great stage in the missionary spread of the gospel to send out Barnabas and Saul. Now, how did the Holy Spirit do this? Well, we, we don't know. As I say, it may well have been through one of the, the prophets. Maybe it was a prophetic message, but it was clearly ex accepted by the whole congregation. Take a look at verse 3. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them and sent them off. This is and was a sending church. Now the word missions, the word missionary, comes from the Latin word which means sent out. The sent out ones. Now let's just stop to think what awesome thing it was that this church did this. Who had played a foundational role in teaching this young church? Well from the earliest days, Barnabas and not much later, Saul. What outstanding men to have as leaders and teachers in your congregation. Barnabas, nicknamed Son of Encouragement because of the impact of his ministry. To hang out with Barnabas was to come away with, 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 with great confidence and joy and delight. He was a man who could refresh the souls of those he ministered to. A top guy to have as your pastor or as an elder. 
And then Saul. I mean, here's the man with the Damascus Road story. I mean, very handy for guest Sundays. Someone who had seen and spoken to the risen Lord Jesus Christ. A man who had been a persecutor, but now was a preacher of the gospel. A man with incredible intellect, a deep understanding of the scriptures, uh, combined with, with great focus and passion for the gospel. And these are the ones that the Holy Spirit directs the church to set apart and to send off. Arguably the best guys on the team. Don't you think? You can imagine someone sitting there going, send Lucius. No, no, they weren't thinking that, no. (laughs) But this spirit-filled, spirit-directed church have the maturity to obey the command and send off two of their best men. I mean, they had such a desire to see the Lordship of Jesus Christ honored and received by others and, and that people who haven't heard yet should hear this glorious good news of Jesus that, that they were committed to just to send these men away. They were committed to gospel growth more than they were committed to their own church growth. Uh, there's been a big movement thing about church growth and, and sometimes you know, that's wonderful. It's about seeing people get saved but sometimes it can be a bit selfish. It's about, well, how can we get bigger and bigger and bigger, have more programs and, and be more comfortable when actually through Acts as you read the book of Acts the passion is about the word of the Lord spreading abroad and here's a church that has a passion and a commitment to gospel growth that means they're willing to send their best guys and so after some more fasting and praying it says in verse 3 the church symbolically sort of laid hands on them sent them off And I guess that's a way of just marking, isn't it? And endorsing the call of God upon the lives of Barnabas and Saul. It was a recognition, an expression of partnership in the work to which the Lord Jesus had called them by his spirit. And I guess it was a commitment too to pray for them and no doubt to provide financial support. And look what happens. Uh, I mean, in a sense, it would be a great joy to just read this whole series of chapters to hear the great exploits as they head on to Cyprus and then back onto the mainland and see the work of the gospel spreading. But let's turn forward to chapter 14. And verse 21. A snippet about the last city that they visit in Derby. The next day, he and Barnabas left for Derby. Verse 21 They preached the good news in that city and won a large number of disciples. Then they returned to Lystra, Iconium, and Antioch, other cities that they had been to, a different Antioch, strengthening the disciples and encouraging them to remain true to the faith. We must go through many hardships to enter the kingdom of God, they said. Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church and with prayer and fasting committed them to the Lord in whom they put their trust. After going through Pisidia, they came into Pamphylia. And when they preached the word in Perga, they went down to Atalia. And from Atalia, they sailed back to Antioch, where they had been committed to the grace of God for the work that they had now completed. On arriving there, they gathered the church together and reported all all that God had done through them and how he had opened the door of faith to the Gentiles, and they stayed there a long time with the disciples. 
So you see what a key place Antioch was? It was the place that sent them out. It was the place to which they returned uh, and to which they shared in the, joy, the joyful news of how God had, had done a wonderful thing, bringing many Gentiles to faith through this sending church, getting behind them and sending them out. The sending church. And secondly, the sending spirit. The beginning of Acts tells us how Jesus directed his disciples to wait in Jerusalem until they received power when the Holy Spirit would come upon them. And then they would be able to be witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And chapter 13 in the book of Acts marks this third stage, this, this push embarking out towards the ends of the earth, all initiated by the risen Lord Jesus Christ through his Spirit. And, and these verses give us some important Information back in chapter 13 about the Spirit. And we should note that before we go any further. Chapter 13, go back there. The Holy Spirit is a person and not an impersonal power. Look at verse 2. While the, we're worshipping the, uh, the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said. Verse 2, the Holy Spirit speaks. See, power does not speak. Uh, you may have heard electricity power lines buzzing, but they're not communicating, are they? The Holy Spirit is a person who speaks. And note the use of personal pronouns there in verse 2. Set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. Notice the divine authority of the Spirit here. Set apart for me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. So as we read the book of Acts, we see that the Christian church is to be a community characterized by the presence and influence of the Holy Spirit. For just as much as we observe that there is a sending church, Luke does not want us to miss out the sending spirit. Uh, look at verse 4. The two of them sent on their way by the Holy Spirit went down to Seleucia and sailed there to Cyprus. There's, there's so much we could see here, but I will leave it with this observation that the Holy Spirit sends people out to proclaim the gospel and to plant churches. He does that in the context of the local church. Doesn't that seem clear? The Holy Spirit is sending people out to proclaim the gospel and plant churches in the context of the local church. The sending spirit is at work in the sending church to send people out. So with that, I invite Dave Dennis.